death needs a content strategy stat. This segment brought to you by Alaska Vivant, sponsored by Memory Lane. Hey, Grandma's tripping balls again. I'm glad she's working stuff out. Dying correcting someone's grammar is a best-case scenario for an English person. But I just didn't stop. I couldn't stop. I look up at this woman and I go, yeah, I'm not ready for you to take his body, but I guess you kind of have to, otherwise you're liable to end up with like a Norman Bates situation for some psycho, and that's not good. Stacey, back at it again with the bangers. Welcome, listeners, to our season two finale episode. We made it. Hey, yes, we did. What a journey. How about that intro, though? Amazing work on the blooper remix, Stace, as always. I'm just always in awe at her talents, man. So, another season down. I think we're really getting into the groove of it. But what are we doing today? Well, we're going to wrap up the season by going over our favorite moments, mind-blowing lessons, and the funniest moments. Okay. Standard affair for us, I think. Agreed. Edutainment gang. In that case, can I start the recap by saying, how does it feel? Man, like, so surreal, dude. So surreal. So much has happened in the last year. I, part of me, can't even believe it. Two podcast seasons, starting our journey into offering corporate grief training, hosting webinars, getting articles featured in publications. It's just so much to be grateful for. Yeah, totally. And to think this just started less than about a year ago, and yet we've got thousands of downloads across dozens of countries. It's insane. Filotuma Life knows no borders. If we're going to bring grief literacy to the world, we're just getting started. For legal reasons, I want to add that Filatimo Life respects border regulations and complies with all entry requirements of a given nation. Fine. Filotimo Life knows no borders, but respects them? Except the ones that... Okay, okay. <laughs> no, no, we're not getting into that right now. Uh, we're going to move on to... Uh, what would you say you've learned over this season that is different to the last one? Well, I have learned that Despite our differences, you and I can tolerate each other for a ridiculous amount of time. Okay, well, I see how this episode's going to go. <laughs> On a serious note, I think the season made me realize just how many resources and how much opportunity there is in the death care space. There's so much work being done by doulas, celebrants, end-of-life planners, policymakers, and others, yet there's still so much room for so many other initiatives and work to be done. Right. But yet I've seen that so little of it is picked up outside of the death care space. Like the general public probably has no idea about these resources and the work that's being done, especially when they need the most, right? When they're grieving. Totally. And a big part of that is the unspoken behavior of repressing anything to do with the death or grief, which in turn creates a vicious cycle of not being able to talk about traumatic events. Yep. Hey, uh, we need to talk about how we don't talk about death. Oh, no, 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 no. I don't know how to talk about that. 
How about we don't talk about how we need to talk about how we don't talk about death? Uh, deal. Yeah, yeah. It's a great deal. Yeah, deal. Handshake. Totally. <laughs> so uh, what else has stuck out to you this time around? Well, this time we have the added benefit of having an audience. <laughs> Our incredible listeners being able to reach out to us between seasons really, really put things into perspective. Yeah, um, the, the feedback from season one really gave us a solid starting point in terms of topics, guests, even formatting and, and stuff like that. So thanks, guys. I know we both got tons of messages, texts, and emails from people who shared how this podcast kept them company through some dark moments, not just about grief, but general pandemic fatigue, all while helping them learn how to normalize certain conversations for themselves and their loved ones. Oh, and I learned that I'm more humorous than you. Okay, look, just because my brother said that, that doesn't mean it counts as real feedback. Oh, he's mad, ladies and gentlemen, and non-binary folks. It's eating him up inside. So how do you feel about the season and what you've learned? Um, well, with this season in particular, it's felt really amazing to be hands-on from the start of production, pretty much. Because, as you know, I originally came on board after you started Fidelity My Life. Um, and that was once you completed a bunch of the interviews, right? Yeah, I was guns a when it came to baby philo life in 2020, folks, and I wanted things ready to go. Part of the content strategy was to make it more accessible, mix up the format, and do an episodic release with the interviews. With that said, it made more sense to pivot a little, and because I'm stubborn, I still wanted to release something on what would have been my mom's birthday. Right, so then with the timing and everything, we worked out it would be better just to release season one all at once on that day. Uh, sort of an intro to what we were doing, and then we'd save the interviews you'd already recorded for season two. Once our audience got to know us, that is. Good call on us. Go us. Go team. Go team. Yeah, so I felt much more a part of what was happening with this season. Um, listening to all of the different perspectives on the show, working on the scripts and the content, and just basically being involved has really broadened my horizons, so to speak. And you know what? I think it really shows in the final product because watching us grow from episode to episode has been pretty awesome, right? Aw, it looks like the Grinch does have a heart. I do wonder sometimes. By the way, listeners, please continue to let us know what you like, don't like, or even want to hear more of. Really keeps this machine turning. Yep. So now that we got that nerdy learning stuff out of the way, let's take a quick detour and liven things up with... Our favorite moments of the season. Yes, love it. So these are our best funny standout moments that don't have to be related to what we learned. Mm-hmm. This is a good one. Uh, I've got a few, actually. Are they all things that you said? Well, I mean, I do now have to prove to my brother that I'm the funny one. Oh, I have one of you, actually. Ah, I love the smell of validation in the morning. Do you remember your town crier impression? Here it is. These cruel bullies, seeing that death by such a foetid odor, would not overcome so vigorous a man. During the night of 22nd of September, suddenly seized hold of him as he lay on his bed. With the aid of enormous pillows and a weight heavier than that of 15 substantial men, they pressed down upon him until he was suffocated. With a plumber's red-hot iron inserted through a horn 
feeding into most parts of the bowel. They burned out the respiratory organs beyond the intestines, taking care that no wound should be discernible on the royal body. Wow, read just like how England was at this time. A total disaster. Yep. See, your brother was right. I am funnier than you. Right, but both of you seem to think that bullying is humor, and that's just not how that works. But it's done with love, you know? That changes everything. Mm-hmm. So before we move on, uh, any other funny moments to get us warmed up? Yes, but you're going to make fun of me. No, but it's done with love, so it's fine, apparently. <laughs> fine, I guess that's fair. One of my favorite parts from the season was the field of butts. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I totally forgot about that. It was just so ridiculous, and it's just so funny. It was so good. It's also a really terrible reflection on the quality of this show, though. I mean, edutainment, though. It means we can get away with it. Roll the sound bite, Stacy. Anuses, anus eye. He's not lying, and it's anuses. You don't have like a herd of ani anuses. And then we have the downright strange. Yep. So get comfy. Grab. <laughs> I'm picturing a field of butts. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and here we have the ani. Okay, we gotta put this in order. They. They casually frolic throughout the field. The females are often stronger than the males. As you can see, it is mating season and they're all doing their mating calls. (laughs) (laughs) This is a podcast for adults. I'm 30 years old. Oh my God. Unbelievable. Uh, What's your podcast about, Ammo? Uh, <laughs> it's kind of funny. Both those segments were from the This Is Your Death episode. That's a cracker of an episode, to be honest. I think that's probably my favorite from this season. Yeah, that was a fun episode to record. I definitely want to do the game show format again. Yeah, those ones are really fun to research and write and obviously be part of. Oh, on the research note, I just want to say that I love watching you learn about new stuff because it just gives you more ammunition intended to just go off on completely new topics it's refreshing like we couldn't do this episode without bringing up that amazing one-liner from the forgotten fatalities episode the buddhism one when you mm-hmm. learn that being reborn into lesser realms is basically the buddhist version of hell here it is so effectively the buddhist idea of hell is constantly coming back that makes me want to have a really good comic life because i've been here for 30 years now And I cannot think of a worse hell than having to do this shit all over again. (laughs) Oh, we are so putting that on a shirt. Priceless. I was being serious, by the way. We need to get that on a shirt. Listeners, would you buy that? If yes, maybe we'll put a little something-something together for you guys. Mm Mm-hmm. Plus, because there's nothing more on brand for me than wearing shirts of stuff I've said. Gosh, maybe it'll be a part of our expanded merch launch. We've got Filotimo Life stickers and water bottles up on the site currently. So many people kept saying that they loved our little logo, so we had to do it. Yeah, so we'll be adding more stuff there eventually. Different designs, uh, quotes, concepts from the show, etc. In an ideal world, we would have had it all planned out and launched properly, but Maria got too excited 
and did all of that without telling me, which is why we only have uh, water bottles and stickers in one design on the website currently. Hey, listen, listen. I was excited and people still bought stuff, okay? So I think it all worked out. I know, but you can be excited about things and do them properly, right? You're like a child at Disneyland sometimes. Speaking of Disney, how do you feel about the Disney episode? Are you trying to reclaim the Segway title? It's rightfully mine. Ha, huh, yeah. The Disney episode was a great idea. We should do more media-based episodes in the future. Yep. Did somebody say Marvel? Wink, wink. Ooh, now that's an idea. But let's not get ahead of ourselves, my friend. There's a great section from this episode I want to highlight, actually. Sure, go ahead. It's about as kids, we most likely become aware of the concept of death through that media, especially through movies. Hit it. So I'm always wary whenever people say that kids don't get it when I think they do. I think they just lack the language to thoroughly explain themselves and their emotions. And adults, with the assumption of just kids don't understand, they don't put the effort into helping them recognize what they may be going through. And some of the studying that I've been doing right now through my thanatology work is showing that kids process grief, it's just displayed very differently than adults. Man, that's such a fascinating idea. It is. I bet if you ask people what their first experience of death is, they'd say the usual stuff like, oh, my dog, uh, my grandpa, etc." right? Without realizing their actual first understanding of mortality was much earlier through Disney films, nursery rhymes, whatever. Totally. Even yourself. If you go back to our very first episode together in season one, flashback, you talk about having a limited personal experience with death. But considering what we just said, that's not the case at all. Good point. See, to anyone who thinks I'm not qualified to be on this show, how do you like them apples? I mean, qualification is a strong term. Perhaps. What do we have next? Well, before we move on, I do want to play a little tantrum you had from the This Is Your Death episode, just to hammer home the point. Dying correcting someone's grammar is a best case scenario for an English person. Like they get to die doing what they love, thinking that they are better than everyone else. So it's like a lifestyle you're saying. Yep. Would one say it's their identity? Absolutely. And there's no way it wouldn't be a Brit. Guarantee you it was a Brit. It was ancient Greece. What? Philitas. Phyllis. Wait, what? <laughs> Boom. Loser. You're such a graceful winner. Caring about imaginary points. <laughs> Don't worry. We've got another head-to-head -head quiz at the end of this episode, and whoever wins gets the title of Ultimate Thanatologist for the season. In that case, I immediately take back what I said about imaginary points. The points are certainly really important again. Thought so. We've got a couple of other things to talk about before we get to that, though, like our key lessons and takeaways from this season. Hmm. Yep. But before we get into that, we have a special message. Ooh, special message? Yes, it's from a totally real and not made up sponsor at all. <laughs> Roll it. Hey, you. Who, me? Yes, you. Have you or someone you know just lost a loved one? Why, yes. It's all been so tragic. Wish you could just cast a magic spell and bring them back? Oh my goodness, yes. Well, we can't do that for you, but we got the next best thing. Oh? 
introducing the brand new cure-it-all phrase, everything happens for a reason, a handy piece of advice that'll make a grieving person instantly get over their problems. I don't think that's a good idea. Lost your partner? Everything happens for a reason. Did your pooch get out and get hit by a car? Everything happens for a reason. Your old grandma fallen and never got back up? Everything happens for a reason. Okay, please never say this to a grieving person. Who would even- Who needs expensive therapy and time-consuming empathy when you can just say everything happens for a reason? That's right. In fact, we don't see any negative consequences coming from you using this phrase. Nothing. Nilch. Nada. Remember, folks, that's everything happens for a reason. Warning, we are not liable for any throw punches you may receive as a result of using the phrase everything happens for a reason. Can you believe that's how some people talk to grievers? Sadly, yeah. It actually reminds me of what uh, Tony Platis mentioned to us in the opening episode. She constantly has to hear all this faux positive, uh, condescending stuff, trying to put a positive spin on her being a widow. Yeah, man. But those do-gooders aren't even the worst of it. The trolls in her Instagram comments are the worst. Some even calling her someone that's looking for attention. Yeah, but those are always those fragile little guys with profile pictures of the Punisher logo or whatever, right? They're the kind of guys who love to quote Ben Shapiro by saying, facts don't care about your feelings. But then they are the ones who get super triggered by like Tony's jokes. I, I don't get it. Yeah, it's almost like they're the real snowflakes. <gasps> right? The kind that, okay. So when they get found out for leaving hateful comments, what would happen is they get fired and then they start to cry on Instagram live. Anyway, after that episode, I've learned to be much better at calling that kind of stuff out as well. It's good to see you learning. It seems that the Grinch also has a brain. To be fair, I do love a good insight. You know that. Yes, you do. You are a little insight gremlin. Insight gremlin. What even is one of those? Well, they hail from our very next segment about key guest lessons and insights from the season. Wow, you uh, you really have mastered the art of the segue this season, let me tell you. I sure have. Let's start with yours. What's one thing a guest said that blew you away? Hmm. Well, if if I had to pick one, I'd say our conversation with Tony, since we're already on the topic. Oh. Yeah, so for someone who was often told not to talk about some of the darker stuff I'd seen in life, it's really validating to hear from Tony about how dark humor can actually be healthy. She even went as far as to say that it made her more empathetic. And I've been trying to articulate that thought for a long time, and she just, she nailed it. Yeah, it was a really great segment. Let's hear it. You use humor to change your relationship with grief. But then how did grief change your relationship with humor in this whole past few years, really? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, I think it's made me more dark. I was already a dark person, but I think like it's made me darker, but also more aware of other people too. It makes you more empathetic with your humor. I think before there was a lot of like, I don't care what you think. But now I've learned so much as well. Like ha having that that be a part of it. Like one, like who, who was it? I think it was Rich Kiamko was talking about it, like being in the group and being able to make fun of the group you're in, but not making fun of other people. And mm -hmm. you kind of see that with like Gilbert Godfrey when he made 
the joke about the tsunami and he just like lost all of his contracts. Everybody was like, you can't make jokes about that. And I think I have more of like an understanding of that, like not an understanding, but a better understanding of those lines and how people conceptualize dark humor, why people are offended by dark humor, why I think they shouldn't be offended by dark humor. But I I think it gives you more empathy and more understanding just as a person. And I think that that has shown up more in, in both of those cases, in my grief and in my humor. Shout out to Tawny. She's been nothing but inviting and supportive since our very first conversation. Yep. She uh, even sent us custom death median stickers. So you take comedians and death, boom, death medians. It was really inspiring to get to chat with someone who's made a career out of this stuff because that really encourages me to get myself out there. For better, for worse. Yep. How about you? What was something that really um, resonated with you this season? Along the same lines, there was this brilliant point by Mallory McGrath in the episode after, which was episode nine. She's the founder and CEO of Eve Planning, so she helps you get up to snuff with your end-of-life needs. She mentioned how grieving people are often forced to also manage the emotions and reactions of other people at the same time. Yeah, that sounds like a hell of a lot to handle, man. Um, Let's run the quote. I have a friend who has just gone into remission from breast cancer and she didn't tell a lot of people when she was diagnosed because she's like, I don't want to handle their emotions. I don't need to deal with them. I've got enough on my plate. It's a lot. It is a lot. And I think the same goes with conversations about death is that, and even when I talk about my health problems with people, they don't know how to handle it. And I end up handling them and what they're feeling. And that's not support, right? That's not the best way to do it. When I was younger, I always found it hard talking about my mom's death, not because actually talking about it was hard, but having to then manage the other person's reaction to the story was always so draining just to think about. So hearing that from Mallory really hammered home why the world needs more filotimo in their life. Oh yeah, it does. It's hard to pick just one factoid though. There's so many great soundbites from our experts. Let's do more. (laughs) Okay. Oh, I remember one. This is when we talked to Irish Dinza in episode 11 about bereavement policy. Again, Irish is a professional grief support worker specializing in community outreach, and she made a super valid point. Let's hear it and see what we think. The most important thing I feel is that we have maternity leaves. We have paternity leaves. When somebody is born, we allow the parents to have that time they need for their child. It is the exact same thing but worse than when somebody dies. Thoughts? Yeah, I remember that one. And it's totally a great point. I never thought of seeing bereavement leave as a sort of a bizarro world version of parental leave. It's, it's pretty good. She's spitting straight facts here. The idea of maternity leave is to allow the parent to adjust to the life-changing experience of having a child, a new life transition. We've talked about this before, but we all know we need more than a few days to cope with the death of a loved one. Yeah. Could you imagine the hoo-ha that would happen if maternity leave was just suddenly treated the same way? Uh, Yes, Susan, it's Clive. Clive from HR. You were due to be back at work this morning? Uh, Clive, I'm actually still in labor. Uh, There's no union meetings today. No, I mean, I haven't given birth yet. Oh, I see. Uh, Will you be done by the afternoon? Oh, 
classic Clive. Also, this is very standard practice in the States. Fun fact. <laughs> Tell me about it. You know what? I'm sure there are also bosses who would 100% expect a woman to come back in by lunchtime after giving birth. And remember, if it wasn't for labor laws, it would probably be the norm. Oh, don't even get me started. I don't even know if I have the energy for that rant today. Okay, fair enough. But you know who always does have the energy for a rant? Mm. You, sir. (laughs) Here's a zinger from episode 13. The idea of shutting people out of your life that are trying to process negative emotions freely and cutting them out for bringing in, quote, negative vibes is just super damaging. Oh, wow. I'm really going for it in that one. What crawled up my ass and died that morning? Is that an English saying? Because I love it. Yep. You may use it. I bequeath it upon thee. I love it. Well, since we pulled that wonderful moment from episode 13, flash quiz. Who was the guest on that episode? Uh, 13, right? So that was after the This Is Your Death one. So I'm thinking it was Linda Stewart, who is the life cycle celebrant. Nicely done. See, we've done our reading. It's the other kids who are copying from us. Exactly. By the way, her job title is so genuinely cool sounding. It so is. It's honestly just a really healthy way to reframe how we look at rites of passage. Yeah. I remember... I think when writing it, I called her the secular master of ceremonies. I like that one. It's great. Her ceremonies don't just help people honor the more difficult life changes, but also to celebrate more joyful ones. She was actually the one that taught us about the decline of funerals in recent years. Here it is. One of the most concerning trends is the trend to not have a funeral at all. And I was, I was really, I was like, well, what do you mean not have a funeral at all? How can you not have a funeral? Don't we need, don't we need funeral? Don't we need a place to go when someone we love dies? Yeah, don't we need, course. don't we need that, that sense of community and that, you know, just that place for our grief to, and our love to, to land. Isn't that such a wild thing to hear? Yeah. Cause you don't ever expect that fact to be a thing. It's not like people just suddenly stopped dying. Right. Oh, funerals are too expensive these days. I want to live forever. Also, side note, she's got a really great storytelling voice. It's like super crisp. I know, right? So before we move on to another 100% real and not made up sponsored ad, I really (laughs) want to highlight some tidbits from our most recent episode. So Olga Nikolajev, end-of-life nurse, doula, dying while advocate, and cannabis educator. Gangster. What was really cool to me was her holistic approach to death care. Hit it, Stacy. We actually have these um, aspects of ourselves, which is the kind of the wholeness of us. So we have our emotional aspect, our physical, our mental, our spiritual, and our sexual. Sort of these five key mm-hmm. uh, things that happen, um, or sort of that we. You, you can almost call them like filters or the way that we experience life, right? Oftentimes. And so that's my holistic framework, right? Looking at this wheel of um, how we experience life. I think it's a really interesting way to identify all the gaps as it comes to how we manage the death of someone right now. Super revealing, don't you think? Yeah, I think it's definitely a unique approach, but then like it makes total sense when you put it in context like that. Plus, I like the idea of her being this super doula who has like the five infinity aspects in her holistic gauntlet. Yes, but all doulas are super doulas. 
In fact, I've got another soundbite from Olga about how the increased use of death doulas could fill in so many of the gaps we mentioned in the death care space. They don't know. They're, yeah. they're, they're doing what they can. And, and they oftentimes don't necessarily have some of the other information, right? This is why death doulas in some way are sort of bridging some of the gaps, right? Healthcare providers don't necessarily know what happens post-death and what are the legal requirements. They don't because they're, yeah. they're there for the dying. They're not there for the death. And so when somebody, after somebody dies, then it's resourced out to the funeral home and they may not necessarily know everything or may not be very well versed in, in, in grief support, right? So there's there's huge gaps in our system that, that doulas could potentially um, fill. So the dying versus death expertise, that bridging point she mentioned, that's perfect. It makes so much sense because I can't believe how much top level insight we were able to get in just a handful of episodes, not just from Olga, but from every guest. I really can't wait to see who else we can bring in, to be honest. Yeah, I'm super grateful and thankful for all the guests who took the time to share their stories and experiences on the show. Yep. And those who were super patient with us while we put everything together. With that, I think it's time to hear a special message from one of our dear friends, fellow podcaster, voice artist, and comedian. Oh, yes. Hi, this is Tawny Plattis of the Death is Hilarious podcast. And I'm here to tell you that if you're a widow in mourning, you'll love Mournhub Live. Mournhub Live is the next level of your grieving experience. Tone-deaf men hitting on you at the funeral. It's totally live and traumatically interactive. The ultimate custom audacity on any device. Come and make it even worse for distraught, freshly widowed women in your area on Mornhub Live. Amazing. She's so talented. What a service Mornhub would be. Yeah, I remember when we were talking about the idea of Mornhub in our DMs, and I just thought, screw it, and I started to record an ad for it. Men who hit on widows at the funerals of the recently deceased. What a demographic to target. Right? But that's enough about that, because now it's time. What for? Showdown. Oh, God. <laughs> I knew you'd take this super seriously. <laughs> time to find out who is the season two ultimate thanatologist. Two wannabe thanatologists. Only one winner. Rapid fire questions. Hard hitting answers. Winner also reveals their credit card information to the other one. Nope, uh, not, not doing that. <laughs> well, it was worth a try, wasn't it? Okay, so the questions will be about stuff from this season. Uh, let's do best of five, okay? Best of five, gotcha. Okay, but the ultimate best of five, because this is rapid fire, right? Rapid fire, rapid fire. First question. Question to who, me or you? Rapid fire. Okay, so what would you say your Five favorite things are about me in order. Uh, nope. Okay. Well, uh, I got a backup question then. Um, what is Swedish death cleaning? Easy peasy lemon squeezy. Swedish death cleaning is basically where you Marie Kondo your entire life before you die. You clean up your loose ends to make the end of life 
process easier, psychologically coming to terms with your mortality, and also makes it simpler for your loved ones when they're gone. Hmm. Okay. And with whom did you discuss that with? What is this, a two-parter? Rapid fire. Uh, it, uh, it was Mallory McGrath, so episode nine. Damn, you're good. You're good. Well, I literally learned from the best this season. My turn. In Linda's episode, she mentions that there is a reason for an increased interest in life cycle celebrants performing funerals. What is that reason? Ugh. Oh, damn it. What's the reason? What was the reason? Rapid fire. Okay, okay. Oh, it's a specific question. Um, well, technically, in existential nihilism, life has no intrinsic meaning or value. So really, it's up to the individual to create their own subjective purpose. Therefore, a singular correct reason for the increased interest in celebrant funerals does not exist. Well, that was something, but no. It's the rise in focus on individualism. People want to celebrate all their uniqueness, even in death, which causes people to put together one-of-a-kind celebrations that focus on the individual person. I, I thought I'd be able to wing that one, but okay. You did a really good job. Your turn. All right. I'm only uh, one point behind. No biggie, no biggie. So what were the five aspects of Olga Nikolaev's holistic approach to death? Uh, you may also refer to them as the five infinity aspects of the holistic grief gauntlet, if you so wish. I appreciate that. I will not. Thank you, though. This is a really good question. Props to you for trying to catch me out. That's what I do. Well, sexual was one for sure. Mental was another one. Um, I'm trying to think of like the body. Physical, spiritual, and emotional. So that's emotional, spiritual, physical, mental, and sexual. Just checking. That's five, right? <laughs> oh, my days. I'm in danger of losing the uh, ultimate thanatologist title to someone who had to double check their count to five. <laughs> uh, what's this? One more correct answer and you win. Reality hits pretty hard, doesn't it, Mr. Existential Exhauster? <laughs> Boom. Alliterative burn. Nice. Okay, time for my secret weapon. What is the current number of paid and unpaid bereavement days you're able to take off in Canada? Ooh, you really tried to comfort me with this, didn't you? Uh, you really tried to comfort me with this question. You thought I was going to say three paid days because that was the correct answer at the time of our recording with Irish Dinza. But they recently changed the laws. <sighs> <laughs> So originally, employees were working full-time for three months at an organization. Uh, they were titled to three paid days and two days unpaid time off. Yes. And now those employees have access to 10 days of unpaid time off. Well, that's useless if it's unpaid. I know, right? People are just going to take their personal days and sick days off instead of those unpaid days. Like... Again, don't get me wrong. I'm really glad and happy that this conversation is being had, but this is not the way to go about it, guys. Yeah, like the conversation only counts for something if there are like results, like paid leave. 10 unpaid days are basically useless because you're going to be then stressed about finances. 
And also, if your partner dies, you're losing like half your income for the the house, right? Exactly. Oh, by the way, I won. I was hoping you'd forgotten, but okay. I'm the, how did you put it? Ultimate thanatologist. Yeah, it's it's an imaginary title. doesn't mean anything. Sure, I'm sure, I'm sure. Back to old reliable. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) We should get a trophy made. (laughs) I do like that idea. So that brings us to the end of the show and the end of season two. Again, we made it. Thank you to everyone who's listened to the season of Filotimo Life. Did again. And thanks for taking the time to send us feedback, heartfelt messages, tagging us in a couple of memes here and there. Before we go, we want to talk about what we've got in the pipeline for the next few months and beyond. Filatimo Life, Season 3, Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. You know what? Sure, we can we can start there. Yeah, that sounds good. When it comes to Season 3, you can expect it around the same time frame as Season 2, so fourth quarter of 2022. Yep, and that is not as far as you think because we've had so many, many great people get in touch with us about uh, you know being on the show, what they want to hear next, things they want us to watch and read, and just a lot. Um, we want to keep making the same high-quality edutainment, but also bring in the very best to make sure that we're delivering the right info too, right? all while spacing that out with the right topics and right formats to keep everything fresh and exciting. All that stuff takes a bit of time. Yep. But we can reveal some of the topics we're looking at for season three. A lot of people wanted us to talk about the death of relationships. So not the literal loss of a partner, more like breakups, because you're basically grieving that relationship, right? Mm Mm-hmm. There are lots of mini death moments in life that center around big changes. So think breakups, marriages, a promotion, retirement, graduation, moving away from home. So many situations can cause or trigger feelings of grief. We call these moments little deaths. Little deaths. I like that. Hmm. Wholesome. Yeah. Well, um, I've also been talking to an old professor of mine. He was uh, the head of Gothic studies at uni. That's so on Braden for you. Of course you majored in that. Well, we're talking like Gothic literature here, by the way, guys. Like, so through the I don't know, 1700s, 1800s, all the way up to contemporary Gothic. Uh, I think he also talks about queer Gothic, things like that. He's basically the world's foremost expert on Bram Stoker. He's been on uh, BBC Radio. He's appeared on live TV. He's a fellow of the Royal Historical Society and the Society of Antiquaries in Scotland. Oh, fancy. I love this. Yeah, he's also just, Super cool. Uh, he's really passionate in his field. He's super funny. Just uh, easy to talk to. So I'll see if we can fit things in with his schedule. Yay. And as mentioned, we're going to do more episodes with your hosts. So that's related to anything, even media stuff like movies, books, game playthroughs, music. There's so much to choose from. Yep. They're, it's endless, basically. So stay tuned to our social channels for season three. Yep. And that's not all. When we said we wanted to bring grief literacy to the world, we meant it. So in addition to the podcast, we're also hard at work bringing grief literacy into the workplace and into your homes. Like a helpful burglar. (laughs) Not quite, but over the last few weeks, I've had quite a few opportunities to provide companies with grief literacy training for them to better navigate grief in the workplace. 
there is definitely a lot of grief in the workplace and every other place at the minute. It's everywhere, especially as a result of the pandemic, endless closures, celebratory events being taken away, toxic work environments, just to name a few. There's a lot of grief that needs to be dealt with in teams, not just the regular kind. This is why we're launching our corporate training to help leaders better navigate and communicate with their team members through moments of grief. Damn, look at us getting out there. I know. It's in the early stages, but you can learn more about this work on our website. And if you're interested, feel free to shoot us an email. You can contact us at, brace yourselves, I got this, info at philotimolife.com. That's I-N-F-O at P-H-I-L-O-T-I-M-O-L-I-F-E dot com. I'm so proud of you. Good job. (laughs) (laughs) Finally, a massive thank you to our guests for the season. We've all learned so much and we're excited to hear more from you. A shout out to Stacy, who continues to slay all the editing. Shout out to everyone who listened, reached out, followed, laughed, cried with us. And shout out to Ammo's brother, who thinks I'm funnier than Ammo. Oh, uh, he had the baby, by the way, guys. So um, welcome to the world, Ria Kaur, Kira Somo. Oh, yay. Look at that. We're a show about death, and we're ending this season on a birth. It's the circle of life. <laughs> I'm going to end every episode on that from now on. Okay, bye. Paso when ya mama beats ya way. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh.